Welcome to Off The Bench with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews, the show that covers all things NRL. Yeah, certainly does. Uh, welcome to Off The Bench for another weekend. Satsy, I haven't seen you all week because I've it's been, been... awesome. Nah, I love it. No, nah, I know you've been upset. I haven't been upset at all. You have. I've been on special assignment. It's not Olympics. special assignment. It is special assignment. You've been downgraded in the company. <laughs> I would say, being part of this wonderful event that is called the Olympics, I have been upgraded. Mate, nice haircut, by the way. I need one. Look like the uni bomber. You look like you just woke up. <laughs> wow, I've been up since whatever. What a week, but I know, I know oh. we, we focus on rugby league uh, well, with not. the show off the bench, but the Olympics has just been absolutely outstanding. And I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for that athlete that we know nothing about. Yep. That wins, like Chloe Esposito in yes. the decathlon, modern decathlon back in in Rio. That sort of event where the BMX rider, uh, she's got her semifinal. She's had her semifinal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but I want to ask, why do they have a seat on those BMX bikes? They never sit on it. Well, they do at the start. Yeah. Once their feet are locked in, they never sit on it. Mm. Is it just in case they hit a bump? Yeah. You don't want that going up your coit. Yeah, exactly. That'll hurt. Yep. Um. What moment has brought tears to your eyes? The moment that's brought tears to my eyes would be it's difference. With, I can't split the Ariane Titmus two hundred meters. Yeah, she was oh, so far getting behind. Getting tears now. Yep, yep so far yep, behind. Yep, and this the perfect game plan, or young Zach Stubble, Stubble T. Cook. Yep, the Breck Stroker who went in the qualified the GPS fastest, boy. Yep, and then was so far behind, Fifth. and. Again, perfect game plan. It's just, it just seems to be the Australians' game plan where they don't go out and lead, not like uh, like Hackett and and also uh, Kieran Perkins used to do in those long events. It's about just sitting back, sitting back, forging into that last turn before they turn and then yeah. coming out with a lot of power and, and momentum. It's, it's been amazing to watch. Mate, the thing that brought tears to my eyes, I mean, everything Ariane's done as well, and I know her dad. We used to work together in Tassie, mm-hmm. and um, I've known Steve for a long time and spoke to him during the week. But the one that brought tears to my eyes, and being a dad of two girls, uh, one you don't like, well, she doesn't like you, mm. um, was when Jess Fox won the gold medal in the C1. Well, she got the monkey off the back, didn't she? Not only that, her dad's in commentary. And her mum's a coach. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's amazing, isn't it? And I was talking How about How professional it. is he to stay so focused in the moment and not get caught up? Yeah. Where he started thinking about, this is my daughter. It's amazing. Yeah, I think he's just kind of blocked it off. In fact, he went pretty quiet in the commentary. It's like he cracked a beer and just watched. <laughs> but he, I was talking about it with uh, my, my colleagues on my, my very nice colleagues on my special assignment. And has there ever been a father or, or mother call their daughter or son to win a gold medal ever in Olympics. Don't know. Have to do your research. Yeah, pretty special. But it was moment. great. Now to be get to get bronze and then another bronze and a silver over the last couple of Olympics. And it was going to be interesting to see whether that weight and this the the C1 which she won the gold medal in. That's only a new event. So I gave her an opportunity for the to, women, yeah. Yeah, to have a a second bite at the cherry. It was always going to be interesting to see whether her inability to win a gold was going to affect her psychologically. But what it did, she just must be a hungry, hungry well, young woman because she was flawless. And, and to win it by three and a half seconds, seconds she killed them. Amazing. Well, you know, she, um, she, her mum had a talk to her. She had a chuck. 
before that final, got that out of her system. She was so nervous. Yeah, the best thing that happened to us, it being a new event, yep. the C1 uh, slalom, um, is that she had the heats in the morning, semi-final at lunch, final in the afternoon, late yep. in the afternoon. So yep. you weren't, you didn't qualify for the final, then have to sleep on it. Yeah. And then get come out back the, the next day. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I heard Ian Thorpe talking about the pressure of sleeping the night before a final and that you very rarely get any sleep. Yeah. He said the swimmers that are able to sleep have a, have at least six hours sleep the night before a final are the ones that always – you just see it in their body language the next day. They're not uptight. They're relaxed. Their preparation is perfect. He said sleeping the night before a final is – is uh, one of the greatest challenges of a swimmer. I heard Jane Magnuson, uh, Magnuson talking about it as well and like um, taking you through the routine of having a lunchtime or early afternoon final. He said, you get up, you have breakfast and then you don't eat again. I'm going, what? I'm out. Because mm. I, like I like to snack. I have little lunch and then bigger little lunch and then early big so lunch. So even in your 50s, you – you still live like you're at school, high school or yes. primary school. 51 next week, by the way. Hey, really? What are you getting me? I shan't be getting you anything. You look like you've just come from prison, that haircut you got. Mm. Big show today. You Ra- can't talk about it because the listeners can't see it. It's. Did you do it yourself? <laughs> Did you? My father-in-law cuts his own hair. Does it's it? horrific. Yeah. Did you no answer the question? Did you do it or did your son do it or someone? Like or your daughter or your dog. Your dog. Hey, listen, round twenty, we'll talk about that. I mean, lots happening there. Of course, uh, the roosters belt at the eels. Who saw that coming? Twenty eight nil on Thursday night, plus plenty of news. Let's get stuck into it. Time on off the bench to look back on the news of the week. Do you think the Melbourne Storm players, Sats, would be excited that Craig Bellamy has signed another five-year deal or they're going, oh, God, another preseason coming up and your bad dad jokes? They're, they're saying that, but mm. they're knowing that um, Craig Bellamy being there, it just makes everything familiar, especially the really good young players that are coming through, your Harry Grants and your Ryan Pappenhausens and co. and Justin Ollams. It just makes them familiar. And, you know... I don't think they were ready for Craig to move on also. I think there would have been a pretty hard, harsh talk with chairman and CEO to say, we don't have a ready-made replacement. I think it would have been, although Craig has always intimated that he was thinking about finishing up at some stage, I don't think there's anyone that's, that could step in straight away. And I think the conversation with Melbourne and Craig Bellamy would be, hey, listen, can you hang around for another year and a half? Because we... We just don't have anyone, and we want you to start cultivating that perfect person. Now, I think it'll be Jason Riles or Ryan Hinchcliffe. You reckon Riles will come back? Yeah, I think it'll be Jason Riles or Ryan Hinchcliffe. Uh, Jason Riles gone to the Roosters, but no, Jason no, Riles gone England rugby. Yeah, no, but he's now signed with the Roosters. Oh, he? has Jason he? Riles, yeah. Ah, right. So, um, but I think Ryan Hinchcliffe yeah. might be the man that they're just he's trying outstanding. to. Yeah, he's trying to cultivate internally. I think it'll be an internal. Appointment when they move on from um, when Craig Bellamy. But in saying that, having him involved in the club at any capacity is a little bit like what the Titans have done with Mal Meninga. You bring in someone that is your cultural director, not not a not a coaching director. There's more there's more work on your hands as a coaching director than there is mm. as a head coach. You got to oversee all your development pathways, all your junior players, your junior recruitment, your senior recruitment. Your coaches from your first grade all the way down your, down through your elite pathway. So there's a lot of work to do. And I don't think Craig Bellamy is at a stage of his career that he wants to do that much work. So being the cultural advisor, 
or part of the recruitment process allows him to play a role like like Mal Meninga has done at the Titans, where when they want to go and recruit a player, Craig Bellamy is the one that they sit in front of. He's the one that sells the club, and there's no better person to sell mm. the club. So mm. I think it's just a natural progression for, for Craig Bellamy. Um, yeah, five-year deal. That'll take him to the age of 66 and probably a good retirement age uh, for him. And you mentioned Ryan Hinchcliffe. I think he'll be a fantastic coach. Only 36 years of age, uh, Sats, yep. but um, he he's a typical – Craig Bellamy uh, player, you know, not not the most fanciest player. A lot of people probably have never even heard of him. You know, him. when he played at Canberra, he was a really good player, super fit and tough. And then he went to Melbourne. 140 games. Yeah, he went from being a hooker to just a lock forward back yep. rower yep. and was one of Craig Bellamy's favourites. Craig Bellamy wouldn't have allowed him to stay on at the club if he yep. if he wasn't a fan of his of, of his work ethic and his and, – and that's all it is with Craig. It's one, it's your intellect – but two, it's, it's your work ethic. Are you willing to put the hours in to make players better? When Craig announced to his team that he was staying on, um, you know, he, he said he thanked his coaching staff and said it's the best best team I've ever had. Do you know, I, I, I heard a really good story from one of the players about, I was talking to him on the phone about when he announced to the players that he was going to extend for another two years. Minimum two years, and they think there might be a role after that, and I'll discuss that later on. And that's the way Craig is. He yep. he doesn't have to sign a contract. He just knows the conversations will be had. And he said to the playing group, he said, we've had a lot of great players in this club. We've had some legends that will go down as immortals. He said, but I've got to say what you as a team and as us as a club, what you as a team did last year, living away from home from – you know, a lot of you didn't have your families because they had jobs in Victoria. Mm. Living on the Sunshine Coast – Travelling to and from games on the day and flying home that night, sometimes getting home at one, two, three o'clock in the morning, having to wake up and do rehab the next day and get the week going again. To do what you did last year, I think ranks as one of the greatest achievements this club has ever achieved. And you've got to remember, this is a club that won, it's com- won a comp in the second year yeah. of its inclusion in the NRL. Um, he's just a he's a really inspiring guy and he, he motivates you without – thinking he's got to motivate. It's his sheer presence and his aura. He's human, mate. Oh, it's He's normal. He's He's got this tough exterior, this yeah. really tough exterior. Yeah. But he's got this real soft side to him where he cares about his players. He wants to know what's going on in his players' lives. Yeah. He walks past conversations amongst players and hears one of them talking about, you know, one of their kids might be sick, whatever it may be. What can the club do to assist? Yep. You know, yeah. And that that's what makes a great coach. They reckon he's an absolute softy as a grandfather around his grandkids. <laughs> his son's got a couple of kids. They reckon he just he just melts when he's around them. He's a he's a tremendous guy. And you know, he's one of those coaches that you're actually a little bit dirty and never got to play under him. Yeah. You would have loved the opportunity to yeah, play under him. I bet you would have. I mean, he came into as a first grade coach in 03, the yep. year we won the comp at Penrith. And I always said, and that was his first year as coach, and they were the toughest team to play against. They got knocked out in the finals pretty early on, actually. And they were the only team I didn't want to face in the grand yeah, final. there you go. Yeah. Um, he does have a wonderful relationship with his players, and he, he also has a wonderful relationship with his senior players. And can you imagine this presentation the other day where he's standing up in front of the room? Very serious, Craig was, actually, and uh, a different side. And there's the naughty boy sitting up the back, and his name is Cam Munster. Mm. And at the end, he asked, is there any questions? And, of course, Cam Munster can't help himself. Just sitting by himself, foot up on the chair, at the back, the naughty kid, he threw this 
at the coach. Are you going to have four staff next year or just two because the money you take? No, two. Didn't the boys love that? Yeah. One nil to the coach. There's only a few players can get away with that. We've spoken to uh, some of the some of the Melbourne players, and there's only a few coaches that can approach Craig in that way. Uh, Munster's one of them. Cam Smith was obviously one of them. But that's the relation he has with his star senior players. Yep. And the younger players would love to be able to do that, but they just haven't heard, they haven't earned the respect yet to be able Absolutely. to. Absolutely. I, I know Brandon Smith is like that as well. He's a little bit cheeky and little and allows him allows him to get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, very good. Well done. Uh, to uh, Craig Bellamy on that extension. And um, I heard uh, during the week that uh, in an interview with Ryan Hitchcliffe, he actually said, um, geez, he, uh, he doesn't need the money. He's got that much in the bank because he never spends a cent. He doesn't. So- he doesn't spend any money on clothes. He's not a huge <laughs> drinker. I, I wouldn't think he'd have a huge entertainment no. perspective in life. No, of course not. And whatever clothes he wears has got a some sort of Melbourne insignia on it. Does he look like, though, he's a, a coffee drinker, though? Because up yeah, in, New- well, in he Noosa... Looks like, he looks like a coffee drinker. In Noosa, those chai uh, oat milk lattes yes. will cost you a bomb. Yeah, $9.75. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very quickly, Ryan Pappenhausen's uh, contract was extended by three years. Uh, that's No good. surprise. Yeah, and, and, and good for him. Really and well done. It's no surprise that it's been announced on two fronts. One, Craig Bellamy gets announced as the coach... And the other one is his coach would have been sat back and waited to see what was going on with an expansion. And it looks like expansion is going to be in 2024 now, he's not manager, 2023. He's manager, not his coach. His manager, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Would have looked at – so the, both those announcements come out this week. That then makes a decision for Ryan Pappenhausen. But to be quite, quite honest, I mean, he commanded a million dollars at every club. Yeah. He was going nowhere. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Well, particularly with Nico Hines already committing to another club as well. Uh, very quickly – um, expansion's been put on hold for another year. Why? Why can't the NRL just make an announcement and say, "Look, we're not, we can't do anything now till twenty twenty four, but you're it." Um, yeah, it's a good point. It's a really good point. It's about the process. They've started the first process, which is all three bids have submitted documentation. Now they've got to have a now they've got to have a a formal presentation where in person yep. presentation. And at the moment, they can't do that. They'll do that at the end of the season. And then they'll announce it and say it's 2024, but you're the team. But at the moment, far greater issues on their plate. Yeah, dealing with COVID. In fact, uh, I read a report during the week, $45 million loss this year for the NRL if the competition plays out in Queensland. And it's pretty much done deal. The grand final will be at Suncorp. Yeah, I've I've got no doubt it will be. Well, two reasons. One, it's a safe bet. Two, it's probably to stop the Queensland government kicking out the NRL. Well, if they go to the MCG and have it, it's too risky, mate. But, but even if they do, it won't be full crowd. It'll possibly be 45,000, 50,000. Where they're going to get 52,000 at Suncorp anyway. Guaranteed. Suncorp are preparing to host it anyway. It's that time for an Off The Bench Friday Night Preview. Now, this is what I'm thinking uh, as we get into this, Scott Sattler. Uh, this time last week, mm-hmm. I was thinking, I'm not looking forward to the Olympics. I can't get yeah, enough of the Olympics. Oh, I, I knew that you were going to be this way. And I had a lot of my friends go, oh, I'm not into the Olympics. I I get primed for the Olympics about two or three months out. I start looking at all the different sports, some of the obscure sports I know yep. nothing about and some of the Australian athletes in them. How's our table tennis? Yeah. Lady. 
Yeah. 48-year-old, fifth or fourth or fifth Olympics. Fifth Olympics. Jian Yang. Yep. Yep. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, last week I was like, oh, the Olympics, right? I'm not looking forward to it. Now I'm just hooked. I can't wait to watch it all the time. Exactly. I'm going to... I'm feeling a little bit like that towards the Brisbane Broncos versus North Queensland Cowboys game tonight at Suncorp. Game two of the doubleheader at Suncorp. Years ago, a few years ago, maybe two years ago, I was excited about it because they always had like a one or two point finish. Yep. Uh, amazing grand final. That well, they, last they game they played in round nine was 1918. Val Holmes. There you go. Broke the uh, deadlock. There you go. So I go. Oh, this is this is this is a disappointing game too tonight. You know, he's your prime time Friday night game, and you go, oh, hang on, this might be all right. How how do you see it's see it going? With I, I don't mean, know. They're, they're struggling. These I, two I, teams. I don't know how this game is going to play out. Cowboys have lost their last six. Yep. I, I you know, well, funnily enough, with these games, I find as though it doesn't matter when they're, where they're on the table, usually the intense rivalry between two teams. It always throws up something. Are these two – is this the greatest rivalry these teams have with any team? In the NRL? Yeah. No. South and Roosters. No, no, I'm talking about like – so the Broncos, is this their biggest rival? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And is this the Cowboys' biggest rival? Yeah, I okay. think without a doubt. Yeah. I think without – and because they played that 2015 grand final, it, yeah. it sort of just reinvigorates that, that passion that both the clubs have in each other. Special, so, special shout-out to Ben Hunt. Thank you. I won oh, my bet that night because I of thought, you. I reckon you knocked that back, you know. I swear to God, still to this day, there's a mate of mine that believes that Cole Felt dropped the ball when he played the – still to this day, he still thinks that Cole Felt dropped the ball. He said, you slow it down frame by frame, it comes away from his hand when he scores that winning try or the one to take it to a deadlock. Yeah, that's the sort of idiot sort of hang around. But in saying that, um, I don't know what this game's going to throw up. When I look across the entire side, just – and you match up player by player, I feel as though that – the Cowboys are in a better position than the Broncos. I yeah. think they're a little bit more resilient. Playing against the Storm last week, I know you're not happy with a loss, but to nearly snatch the victory from the, jaws the, of the, the Storm last week. Jake oh. Granville playing fullback, mind you, which he's originally a fullback 10 years ago. He's played hooker the last nine years, but he went really well at fullback last week, especially in the attacking end of... Um, he's playing for a contract. Yeah, absolutely. And he's been outstanding. No, he's been re-signed. Oh, he has yeah, now? Yeah, two weeks ago they oh, re-signed him to another great. year. So, um, you know, I look across across the park and I feel as though that the Cowboys have a little bit more experience in key areas, better players in key areas. But the one player that I think could just break this whole game open for the Broncos is Payne Haas. You're saying across the park they've got better players than the Broncos. So I, I look at Jason Talmalolo. I look at Jordan McLean. I look at Reese Robson, the hooker. I look at Francis Marlo, Scott Drinkwater. I look at Murray Tuolungi. I look at Kyle Felt. I look at Jake Granville. Yeah, you're you look right. At, you, you look across young Helium Lukey. Yeah. I think across yeah, you're right, across so both teams, I think they slightly tip in favour the Cowboys over the Broncos. Now, the Broncos have got a lot of really good, young, exciting the, players. They've got Ethan Bullimore. They've got Kobe Hetherington, Jordan Rickey. Uh, T.C. Rabadi, Keenan Pulisia. These young players are really, really good young players, but they, they don't have the experience that some of these Cowboys players have got. Mm. The so, halves the halves combo for the Broncos is yeah, just Tyson that. Gamble, Brody Croft, it's, really good tryers. They try as hard as possible. Yeah. But Scott Drinkwater is a lot more electric. Absolutely. He offers a lot more in, in attack. Well, you don't know what you're going to get. Exactly. The Broncos, you do. That's yeah, scary. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a good point. You know what you're going to get with their halves. Yeah. 
With drink water, you don't, yeah. which can work in your favour for the Cowboys or can work against you if they have an off night. All right. They are close games. I think the Cowboys win. Yep. yep. By? Only four or six. Only four or six? Yep. Okay. You can't pick one? I'm going to say I'm going to say four because they haven't got a great goal kicker. What? Exactly. <laughs> uh, that's our Friday night preview. We'll get to a break. Uh, Chris Nelson on the way next, and we'll review Thursday night's win to the Chooks. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. Manu out of that great half run. straight through. Fullback to beat. Can't step around Gutherson. He's only 15 out from the line. Papali'i there to make the tackle as well. Plays it to Verrills. Now to Sam Walker. Floating pass. Bounces nicely. Morris for the corner. Steps away from the touchline and scores the first try. Somehow the Roosters have scored first. Josh Morris scores the try with an average try celebration. <laughs> the assist may go to Sam Walker. But most of it was Josh Morris. Here they come down the short side. Tedesco into space. Tupanua with him. Tupanua will score. They've gone back to back here, the Roosters. Satili Tupanua gets the try, but it was on the back of a quick play the ball. Mike Acevo had come in to make the tackle. So too Wunga Blake. And they went back to where the defence wasn't. Ten metres into Parramatta territory, the Roosters. Hutchison at the back. Walker, here they go. They're lining up, but Walker doesn't need it. He throws the dummy and scores. The Roosters almost were scored against down the other end. And now Sam Walker has opened them up. Land then to where Hargreaves dummies goes. Can he score? No. Two metres out, dropped by Marnie. Over the top was Dylan Brown. We'll get up slowly here too. Jared, or a hard greaves, really slowly to play the football back. I think he's got a bit of a head knock there. Now Tupo for the corner, and there's the try. Although Gutherson's tried to save it, but Daniel Tupo has scored in the corner. Oh, Joey, Joey Manu. Manu races away to score a try for the Roosters under the black dot. A missed tackle from Parramatta, and Joey Manu has made them pay. Five seconds to go, and Ray Stone has tackled. That may be enough for the game. The siren sounds, and it is. And it's a win for the Sydney Roosters. They just keep doing it. The Sydney Roosters, under enormous pressure, so many players injured, and they've done it again. Remarkable. Yeah. 28 points to nil. There you have it. The highlights, 28 nil. The Roosters over the Didn't Eels. Didn't see it coming. Oh, I... I picked the Eels, as you you did also, mm, you, didn't you? Mm. Uh, and Badgie, our colleague, picked the Eels as well. It wouldn't have surprised me if the Roosters were able to win this because it's such a great club. I didn't think it'd be 28 points, and I didn't think the Eels would have a duck egg next to their name. Is it, This is They're the cooked. last two seasons just They're in cooked. repeat, mate. Yeah, Parramatta are cooked. And it is because they don't have Mitchell Moses. But Mitchell Moses doesn't change 28 nil last night. No. There's something going on at the Eels. And their key players aren't aren't aiming up. So Dylan Brown, their young five eighth, is he's I know he's still only young, but there comes a time when very being very talented and and having great potential, that's mm. that's yesterday. Now he's played enough NRL now to really start taking control of games yeah. and it's not yeah. happening. Um Yeah. Not having um Moses there doesn't prevent you from tackling. No, they lost Regan Campbell-Gillard in the first probably five or seven minutes. That hurts. Which hurts a lot. It does. Yeah. It takes a lot out of your, your front line. James Tedesco came up with an ankle tap about a minute before full time. It was 12-0 in favour of the Roosters. Before half time. Before half time. If, if Dylan Brown scores that try, it would have been 12-6 underneath the goalpost. 
we may have seen a completely different Parramatta Eels team that goes into the second half with really good momentum and a, and a bit of confidence. But it was the second half, they just capitulated. What do you got to say to Eels supporters, Sats, that every year, that three quarters of the season, they look the goods and then they just die this time of the year. They, they'll limp into the finals. Mm. What do you say to them? Like, what, what, is, what is it a mental thing, Sats? Is it a... I mean, yes, of course, Moses being out, but... Moses is a huge loss. He is a huge Mitchell loss. Mitchell Moses being out is like the Panthers without Nathan but, Cleary. That's how much of an influence he's got. But the Panthers still remain competitive and they've got players they can bring into positions. Why then haven't the Eels got back up? I think the Eels, it's all... I think it's psychological toughness right. and resilience or lack of it. So it's not injury. It's a lack of psychological toughness. Yeah, I, I think I think it's a lack of resilience. Their ability to – and I think Canberra exposed it last week. Now, Canberra heavily depleted. Mm. And even without Mitchell Moses, Parramatta should have won that game. They're on their fourth fullback, the Canberra Raiders. No Elliot Whitehead in their side. Uh, lost Josh Papali'i before half time. He only played nine minutes or 12 minutes or whatever it may be. But what Canberra needed to do with Parramatta, and they knew that if they could get them to a point where they got them into a into a gunfight, they got them into an arm wrestle, they got them into the trenches where they had to roll their sleeves up and fight their way out, they knew that if they get Parramatta into that situation, that there's a possibility that they could pull out and upset the Canberra Raiders team, who have been hurting all year and, and haven't been playing up to the expectations that we were hoping and wishing we'd see the Canberra Raiders play. And what happened last week is the Canberra did that. They got them into an arm wrestle. They got them into the trenches. And when the whistle went and everyone had to get out of the trenches, Parramatta didn't get out. Mm. And, yes, they got back into the game. They could have snatched it right on full time, but it shouldn't take until full time to try and win the game. No. What Canberra did, they beat them through grit and determination. What, what the Roosters did last night, they beat them through grit and determination because the Roosters were awful in the, in the first half. But what they were able to do in the back end of that first half is just realign themselves on the run and say, right, yeah, we need to go back to basics. And the Eels didn't have the capacity to go back to basics. They can, they thought they had to play frantic rugby league and frantic rugby league when you're not playing good anyway means you come up with more mistakes and bad defensive decisions. That's exactly what happened. In round 21 next week, the Roosters will take on the Panthers, a yep. depleted Panthers. Doesn't get easier for the Eagle, Eels, I should say. They play the Bunnies, don't they? Friday night, Seabus. Yeah. This is Off the Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. Toby Rudolph only got his first game in the NRL, NRL last year when he was 24 for the Sharkies. How are you, Toby? Very good, boys. Not too sure about that star label. It's a bit hectic, but I'm very yeah, glad to be here. <laughs> well, uh, actually, on that note, Tim Sheens, my old coach at the Raiders, used to say you're not a, a top-grade player until you have 50 games under your belt. Do you feel like a permanent first-grader yet? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've still notched up a fair few more reserve-grade games than I have first-grade, and some uh, some players might still give me a bit of stick about being a reserve-grader, but I'm starting to feel like they're <laughs> wrong now, so we get the 50 games, it should all change. Yeah, well, I think you're proven wrong every week, mate. You'd certainly look... Um, you don't look out of place. You've been you've been braining them for the uh, for the Sharkies, who who coincidentally turned to uh, your your club, the Redcliffe Dolphins. You're playing this weekend uh, against Manly. That'll be a nice homecoming for you, mate. You played the, a few years at the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah, can't wait. I mean, um, the fans out there are unreal, and they they're just thirsty for rugby league. They just love it out there. So 
uh, to bring a game out there. The, the manager gave me a call um, a couple of days before it was announced, so I had the full inside scoop, felt very important. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to, to bring the game back there and uh, see the old fans out there. When are you out of isolation, all the NRL teams, Toby? You're in Brisbane, based with a couple of the other clubs as well. Is it, is it tomorrow, officially? Uh, yeah, tomorrow at 6.30, but we're, we're still uh, unclear on what the what the restrictions will be, whether in level four, level three, um, essentials, or because we, we all believe we'd be sort of out in the open and complete freedom uh, tomorrow, but that's not the case. So we're still on some very heavy restrictions, unfortunately. So with the other clubs, you've got the West Tigers. Is it the Dragons as well? Yeah, yeah, those two, same with us, yeah. And so, uh, and with that, you're allowed to interact with all the other players in the bubble, I hear. And with that, are you, are you having like inter-club rivalry, like card games, table tennis, whatever it may be? <laughs> That would that sounds really nice, but no, everyone just sort of sticks to themselves. Um, we're all sort of, sort of on different levels, so we only really see each other when we're you know going down to get brekkie together or uh, going to get lunch, all that sort of stuff. Um, just a few little awkward hellos here and there, but nothing <laughs> nothing too much. <laughs> so players are, are kind of a lot of them, I'm sure, are hanging out for their families to to join them. Does but you don't? Uh, you're just saying you don't really know what coming out of this um, this this bubble restrictions means. No, not as of yet. I know that um, our COVID cop uh, was on a phone call today at around four o'clock. Um, and Who's that? Some, he would have got some. Who's your uh, his name is His name is is Hugh. Um, he looks just like Damien Cook, but other than that, I don't think you boys would know him. Um, <laughs> oh, no. so he's got all. He's the man with all the answers, but um, I haven't been able to ask him the question just yet. So we'll wait and see, sort of at dinner, what the go is. Oh, very good. Hey, uh, mate, how's how's Josh Hannay going? We know he's kind of. You know, he's a, he's a fill-in coach, but he seems to me as though he means a fair bit more to the players than that. And, you know, it's, it's his second time he's, he's had this role and, and Craig Fitzgibbon turns up um, at the end of the year for, for next season. But um, he seems to be doing a really good job there. Yeah, look, I, honestly, I couldn't give Josh a, a big enough rap as to how he's, how he's handled the whole transition from uh, Bomber leaving to him coming in and... Um, our six-week sort of losing period there. Uh, he's taken everything in his stride, and he's been unreal. And to be perfectly honest, he's an absolute pleasure to play for, and he's a pleasure to work with. So um, I think you're right. You're spot on with it in saying that we we sort of um, he's a bit more than just a filling coach to us. He's you know he's our, he's our gaffer this year, and and we're playing we're doing our best to play like it for him. So mm. yeah, and really stoked to hear if he's come on board for next year as well. Just give me all the confidence in in, in the world for next year. And with those those newcomers coming on board, like Craig Fitzgibbon, the coach, who has a, got a great work ethic, a really good defensive uh, mentality as well, um, Toby, with Hines, McInnes, and now Finucane, how was that received amongst the team when finally Finucane was announced during the week? Um, everyone's absolutely stoked. I'm a bit worried that I might lose my job, but other than that, everyone's <laughs> chuffed. Uh, look, uh, yeah, we've sort of, we've heard a lot of things about Finucane, that um, he, he's the ultimate professional and he trains like he plays, which makes pre-season next year sound pretty fun. Um, but uh, and McGuinness is the same, we've heard. He sort of trains the way he plays. And Nico Hines is a bit of a late bloomer like myself. And I know Nico quite well. So with all the people that we've, we've signed up, we're, you know, we're confident in every one of those signings. We're very pleased about them all. So uh, still a lot of work to do this year in 2021, but um, exciting future for 2022. Yeah, I think you'll be all right. You're playing good enough footy, mate, to be in a starting position there somewhere. Now... Um, when you talk about bringing family into your um, into your uh, little bubble, when they spend fourteen days, Liam Knight is like family to you. So, do you actually officially bring Liam Knight into the Sharks camp? 
Um, I haven't thought about that yet. He's brought his missus up, so he, he brushed me out of the house. You go, so. Oh, you're not roomies anymore? No, 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 no. I think we moved out around two or three. We, we sort of parted company. Um, oh. He sort of tapped me on the shoulder and, and gave me the bad news that I've been replaced with a female. And He broke the um, bro code, did he? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we were all fine and happy before she came along and ruined everything. But look, this is this is the way it is. So I'm not going to I'm not going to go asking him to come crawling back when he booted me out in the first place. We can't take rejection twice. <laughs> hey, what, what are you? So what are you guys doing? I mean, what what do you do outside training when you you're kind of restricted to your your hotel? What what uh, what goes on? Great question. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of nothing. Um, the Olympics, the last few days, have saved us. Uh, can watch that and a few videos and highlight reels of that. Um, a lot of PlayStation and on my part, Nintendo, lots of Mario Kart and Zelda and um, a bunch of other things, a bunch of just quiet time to yourself and a lot of time to reflect on what you've done in your life and how your life's going and <laughs> the, life, the direction your life's going in. So you it's been a really, really nice experience. Pardon? You happy with it at the moment? Life? Oh, well, honestly... Honestly, I'm absolutely loving it. I mean, in Sydney, we were in, a, in our homes, but we couldn't leave anywhere. We were by ourselves. I was by myself anyway. So at least now I've got, you know, all my friends around me and you know, even the other teams. I've got a few friends there as well. And it's just nice being all together. I mean, um, I think some boys and families might be a bit different. I've got no wife and no kids. I played it smart. So uh, I, think, um, I think some boys might be a bit, uh, have a different mindset than me, but I'm loving this. Yeah. And, and sorry, Sats. Yep. Now, Will Chambers, you talk about having players in camp, and Will Chambers is renowned, Toby, for being one of the greatest pests in rugby league at Melbourne and for the Queensland origin and, and also the Kangaroos. Has he worked his way into also getting that mantle at the Sharks pretty quickly? <laughs> Actually, Will hasn't been staying with us. He, um, he uh, went to Melbourne to see his family and some sort of COVID rule he broke, and he's actually staying um, in Kingscliff by himself for two weeks. So... <laughs> That right. is a bullet dot by the team, you could say for sure. Um, but look, even without the two-week lockdown, he was already sort of taking that taking that, uh, that title, making it his own. So, like I said, a bullet dodge that he wasn't here with us for the two weeks, but he's joining us very soon. Yeah, well, he's, he's, named, he's named this week, so um, that's, that's a, a bit of a bonus for the, for the side for this game against uh, Manly um, on Sunday. Hey, uh, Sean Johnson's hammy. Have you got an update for us there? It's a bit of a worry for the side. Yeah, massive. I mean, look, I, haven't, I saw my breakfast today, but I haven't got the scans back yet. Um, I'd say I'm back now. I didn't really see him at lunchtime. Um, he said it, it felt sort of didn't feel too good. So whether that's three or four weeks or whether that's the rest of the year, uh, I'm not too sure yet. Um, for his sake and for our sake, I really hope that it, it is only like a minor, a minor strain, um, a minor hammy tear, whatever he did. Uh, but look, if, if he isn't there, um, I have full faith in Connor Tracy, Braden Trindle. We have a young kid, Luke Metcalf, who mm. you know could be um, looking at a debut potentially in the next couple of weeks. So whoever fills that role, I mean, definitely not Sean Johnson, but I definitely have faith in them um, to, to do the job. Mm. Now, everyone says, oh, I'm just thinking about the next game. Don't, don't look at any further ahead. But really, we're into round 20. And I can tell you, if you haven't seen it, you've got a pretty good run home, Toby. You've got a pretty good... Run home. So if the sharks are going to make, you know, make the eight, you're dead set. You're right in the hunt. Yeah, for sure. It's absolute a load of rubbish that no one looks at who's coming up and who's next. And 
and who, who coming up for finals. You know, we know we have a good shot, shot at making it, but we've also butchered a couple of games that we should have won um, in, in the past few weeks, which is definitely not take confidence a bit and, um, you know, sort of made us go back and look at what we could have done better. And uh, that's the beautiful thing about rugby league. There's always a new game next week. So hopefully we can rectify some of those losses as we, as we move forward and uh, really push our spot. Um, because I think from about sixth or seventh till tenth, there's about two points separates everyone there, so now it's yeah. time to keep winning and, and make sure we actually we cement our spot uh, firmly in that eight. Now, one more week for Tri July. It's a great cause for Mossy Masoy, and uh, I think at the moment Braden Hamuel Newelli and Jack Williams have the oh. gold medal at the moment when it comes yeah, to Tri celebrations. Now, yeah. with one week to go, is there much work going into Tri celebrations for this week? Well, I'll have you know, actually, I think we play on the first of August, so I don't know if we make the cut. Uh, oh. for that. Yeah, I've, I've looked ahead, boys. I'm I'm well aware. You guys need to be uh, on your game a bit more. Come on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> was that a was that a heart attack you had last week when you scored? I don't know what it was. It was meant to be a bit of a resuscitation of of life. Um, Bra- uh, Blake Bradley was meant to hold the footy, but I threw it away because I was absolutely stoked. I finally got my first try, so <laughs> it was sort of a, a muck up of things. But we did our best with what we what we were given. And look, boys, I'm just glad I got the two points. So please don't knock me for the try celebration. Yeah. This is Off The Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off The Bench NRL. The winners, the losers, the how and the why. Let's get stuck into our Off The Bench footy tips. It's uh, it's a little weird this weekend because I want to get into the uh, NRL and it's just that, oh God, what's on the Olympics? I oh, know. And I'm missing a lot. I'm absolutely missing a lot. But anyway, we will continue on. I'm having a... I do love the swimming finals being in the morning. Yeah. Mm. I'm Around doing... lunchtime. It's Isn't good. it good? Yeah. Well, that's because of America. So yep. it's in their nighttime. But I love it. Yeah. Mm. I'm not watching the heats, though, which is good. Which means you're just... That's a... at nighttime. Means you're just a jock sniffer. You no. just want to watch the finals. You, yeah. want to, you want to watch the big events rather Correct. than actually following the, the journey of the athlete. So, so I don't want to embarrass myself here by talking myself up, but because I'm on special assignment at the moment, it means I'm starting. I'm getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Mm. So you, you've got to understand in my very important role yeah. that I have during the Olympics. You can't read the room, can you? <laughs> that you doing breakfast is actually moving down the totem pole. I don't care, but I love it. Mm. Nice people. Uh <laughs> I'm looking for the uh, Saturday. I'm doing night bugger all. I'm watching my bunnies in the Arvo take on the dragons. Who's win? Who wins this? This is a Brown Park as well oh, in Rocky. I love Rockhampton. Best steak sandwich at Brown Park in Australia. Hey, also interesting to this is that the Intra Super Cup game is after this game at five o'clock. Yeah, good stuff. I like that. Yeah, I do too. I like it. Yeah, it's a big day out in Rocky. Yeah, they do that because obviously the warming up on the field and yeah and um. But it, it also, putting it after, it, it forces the locals to hang around and watch a little bit more footy as well. I and like it, it also protects the ground for yeah. the NRL. Well, who are you liking this one? Uh, Bunnies. Uh, Knights Raiders is the second game. This is a really difficult one. Ninth Raiders, 11th the Knights, and Bradman Best back. Kalen Ponga has been back um, uh, last week as well. Um, I, I'm taking the Raiders purely based on last week's win, which is really impressive. Really, really impressive. So yeah, me too. I, I, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me which way this game goes. Yeah, to it's be probably quite one of the toughest ones of the weekend, yep. 11th versus 9th. This normally would be the clash of the year. 
uh, a preview perhaps of the grand final, the Storm versus the Panthers, 7.35, Saturday night. But, geez, with all the injuries to the Panthers, Yeah, surely, Brian Tyler's out. This is flown under the radar. He's out for about five weeks, mate. If he gets surgery, he won't play for the rest of the season for What's, what's wrong with him? Ankle, syndesmosis. Uh, so if he gets surgery, and I think they're going to – to not go down the surgery angle, he could miss the rest of the season and that destabilises their entire their entire premiership hopes because everything starts on the back of Brian Toto. Isn't he uh, number one or two in the NRL for... Most run metres, most pon- post-contact run metres. Tackle bus number tackle two. Tackle bus. He's, yep. he, yeah, his statistics are off for the For a chart. small little fella. Yeah. Now, you look at this Storm side. You're taking the Storm. They get Yeah, absolutely. They get... Felice Cafusi back. They get Dale Finucane back. They get Harry Grant back. They get Ryan Pappenhausen still coming off the bench. Yeah, I can't see Melbourne okay. losing this. Yeah, same. Uh, Sunday, uh, Titans, very quickly, we'll have to beat the Bulldogs. Bulldogs. I'm taking the Bulldogs. I'm taking the Titans. Mm. You know why? Mm. The Titans need to win this to stay. In t- if they don't win this, they're done. They're done and dusted. Yep. This is their grand final. Bulldogs know Luke Thompson. But That's I'd, a massive loss. It's huge. But I just think that one of those sides will just steal a win here and there. Yeah. Well, they were yeah. good against the Sharks. Mind you, the Sharks were pretty poor. But this is the match of the round, in my opinion, given the injuries to the Panthers. Yep. Sharks, Seagulls at uh, Redcliffe. Redcliffe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Morton Daly Stadium. Morton Daly Cherry Evans Stadium. Um, but oh, I think that's, that, that's... it's bad, isn't it? What? Yeah. Uh, I'm taking the Seagulls. Yeah, I'm with you. Just they've got a lot of teams really petrified at the moment. Yeah, they have. All right, let's do this. Before we go on off the bench, what's got us excited across the weekend of sports? Apart from me putting more meat on my spinner, mm. I'm just looking forward to. I'm going to watch a bit of NRL and a bit of Olympics, and and of course my Swannies Saturday nights. What about you, Sats? Well, I'm looking forward to the Storm versus Panthers clash first and foremost. But as you know, Jace, I love my boxing. And this weekend, there is a really oh, – he's a good fighter. His father was one of, the, one of the legends of the sport, and his name was um, Nigel Ben. And his name's Connor Ben, his son, mm. who is fighting over the weekend. He's fighting on – yeah, he's fighting on Sunday morning on Fox Sports 507. I'm really oh, looking forward lovely. to that. And, uh, and, yeah, like Saturday night, I'm looking forward to uh, the Storm versus the Panthers. Can't yeah, wait. Lots of sport on at the moment. If you don't like sport, then leave town. Panthers can send a message this weekend, even in a loss. If they can really push the Storm when they're this heavily depleted, no Cleary, no Brian Tyo and co, they can send a really stern message to the Storm and Souths and, and Manly to say that come finals time, we're going to go to another gear. Here come the bunnies. That's all I can say, Sats. Am I right? I agree with you. I, Here come the bunnies. What Wayne Bennett has the ability to do, he'll never make it about himself, but he has this ability, this uncanny knack of creating an environment, one that is either fantasy or stuff that legends are made of. We know, that, we know they've got a great back line. But I saw that forward, those forwards put in the performance well, of the ju- year last week. They get Junior Totola back in the next couple of weeks. But it's all on the back of Wayne Bennett just handing yeah. on the mantle to Jason Demetrio. This is my last year at the club. Yeah. I'm not going to make it about myself. Reynolds last year. It's, it's, you can just see it all aligning. Come on, boys. Mm. Better go. So yeah. I'm getting chills. <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, we'll catch you next week off the bench. Bye.